Welcome to Rug Roast episode 13, I think. Um, we've got Angelo and Bizflip with us today. Uh, but first off, let's uh, let's listen to, to a little a little bit of this. While we're doing that, damn people Discord. Yo, welcome everybody. Rug Roast 13. Uh, like, comment, retweet. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could just like and follow or whatever, um, that'd be really cool. Um, so today we've got uh, Jordan with Angelo and we've got Ivan with uh, Bizflip. And uh, they're both uh, kind of unique, not really NFT projects, I would say, but more platforms. Uh, so it'll be a little different this show, which is good. We do like to switch it up a little bit. Um, but before we get started um, to the panel, I wanted to ask what you guys' take is on the the SEC FUD of the morning. Um, you know, SEC rejects uh, all these um, big institutions from their, um, their Bitcoin ETFs, right? So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, uh, it's just the SEC being the SEC, but it's a little bit to blame on salacious headlines because if you actually did read into any of the articles, they basically just said, hey, these are the couple of questions that we felt you did not give us actual guidance on in your filing, and you feel free to like refile, right? And so um, I think I saw a tweet today, I forget who it was from, but they basically said, you know, BlackRock and Fidelity, they're not wasting their time. They're, they're not filing these as like a Hail Mary. Like they have lawyers and lobbyists and all these other people that are telling them that these ETFs will be a thing. Um, and so it's really just about satisfying the powers that be, no matter kind of if they have to refile a couple of times to kind of hammer this stuff out. And ultimately, I really don't think that the SEC is where this ends anyways. I think that legislation is really what's going to make, you know, cryptocurrency uh, be here for the long run. Um, <clears throat> so I just kind of buy the dip, man. That's all you that's all you could really do. Agreed. Yeah. And I missed it because I don't have any liquidity. Um, <laughs> on right, now, right. So I was like, oh, I could try to Coinbase some in quick, but. Um, it seemed like the most obvious trade in the world to me. Um, just yeah, we uh, traded like, Bitcoin Cash over here. And we're quite happy about that. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Bitcoin man. Cash is up big this morning. Yeah, but uh, I also think that the the SEC is definitely keep in mind that there's a life cycle in politics, and you know the life cycle in FCC commissioner four to six years, whatever. So when we see like a new administration come in, things could drastically change for the crypto space. Oh, this I don't think he, you know. Go ahead. I don't think he keeps his job that long, to be honest. That's I'm, I'm, I always uh, plan for the worst, hope for the best, right? Sure, sure. I just think that with the powers that are getting in, there's just too much money now, and lobbyists will just force the issue to the point where they'll have to end up getting rid of him. Um, yeah, I, I always think it's always unwise to take a very extreme stance in any kind of political situation, which the, this current SEC has definitely done. So. 
And it's not only just pressure from home, right? Like it's pressure from the rest of the world who is like quickly adopting it with policy. Um, yeah, you know, like we're regulated. We're getting regulated in the EU actually in like a month from now because it's just very clear guidance. There's very clear rules that do it, and it's just like I wouldn't even know where to begin on the U.S. side of things. <laughs> well, and that, that's the whole thing, right? Like we're not even asking for like favorable guidance, right? We're just asking for guidance and for them to recognize that, you know, it should be able to be used and not set as a security. Like if they came down and was like, this isn't a security, but here are like 28 regulations that you're going to have to follow to be able to do something with it. That would still be more bullish than where we are right now. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I'm definitely of the opinion that with the amount of money behind it, with these, uh, you know, these big corporations coming in and building out ETFs and things like that, and the amount of power they have in Washington, um, I think it's going to turn out well for us here in the U.S. Uh, long term. So, you know, I think it's a little bit like happens. marijuana. It's just like they don't want it, but you know, it's like everyone. So many people started using marijuana. Even my grandparents started smoking it. Like you're just like at some point you're just like, we can't stop this. So let's just like accommodate it somehow. You know. <laughs> yeah, my dad's growing his own plants. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone's always used it. It's just been illegal. Right. I mean, to me, so, it just seems really counterintuitive, right? Like there's there's always the argument that says, well, the government got surprised by like how strong crypto was going to be. And so the U.S. wants to bring it down as far as possible so that the institutions that are already known, the banks that are already out there and all these other head funds, they can get in at a lower price and then they'll be the ones that control it and make all the money. And we're kind of going down that road anyways with these. That's certainly the popular mantra these days. Right. With these ETF filings. But in the end like it just doesn't make sense like they could be making so much money if they would just embrace it with policy um you know you have all of these people who are still skirting taxes and all this other stuff and a lot of that is policy reasons and you know if they just come around it, it's better for them in the long run i really don't understand the argument of like let's not embrace this especially when some of them are skirting the line of like okay well the us is going to create its own digital currency but we're not going to recognize these other things as currency and it's 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 crazy to me so i just think that our government as always is slow i worry about how policy how much policy time policy is actually going to take because you know the internet is still not regulated as it should be and you know we're 20 30 years into the internet so um i think you're right I, I think it's, it's, it's going to take congressional action to get it where it needs to go i think that's probably yeah. The way it's going to happen but it'll just be slow uh, the only thing that i kind of have hope with is the pressure from outside and hopefully people realize that if they don't get their head around it and regulate it quickly that the rest of the world is going to be the ones that prosper from it right and you know that could worst case scenario the u.s gives up financial power the seat of financial power in the world globally and it goes somewhere else who wants to embrace it wholeheartedly like dubai um, you know, I'm I'm excited for my friends that are in the UK that that they're getting regulation. I'm jealous. I I, yeah, I hate here. having <laughs> I hate having to sit in the US and feel like, you know, we're just a bunch of criminals that are trying to push a movement. But I guess that's kind of what every movement has felt like uh from one from from the beginning, anyways. Yeah, yeah pretty much every every right. great story of a new movement has a just a ridiculous load of obstacles ahead of it. From computers, chips, doesn't matter. AI now is like the next big thing that they're trying to like smother with like too much red tape. You know, it's just always the story. 
Yeah. And for now, you know, the scammers can keep running their things and, you know, uh, do, doing rugs and cash grabs and all types of scams uh, without any regulations. So um, it's fun to watch it play out. But on that note, uh, we do have a special guest with us today. She just popped in. It's Elaine with Real Vision. Um, uh, some of you may know her, but uh, I wanted to bring her on um, just because uh, she's a friend. So, uh, Elaine, how you doing? GMGM, Bernie. I just popped in because our show is on a similar time every day. And I've always wanted to come and join on your show. And you're talking about like the UK crypto regulation. I was like, pick me, pick me. It's gone <laughs> under the nose of the king. It's gone under the nose of the king. We're signing that shit, man. We, look, we did, did Brexit. We're out of it. We need money from somewhere. So apparently, <laughs> who knows about apes and punks? So here we are, man. Let's fucking go. It's called the Financial Services and Market Act. And we have signed that shit with the king. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. It's exciting. I wish I wish we would sign something so I could feel that kind of excitement. Um, but I like I said, I, I think yeah, that any kind of regulation around the, the world is helpful. You, you need a king, man. We're making it fun. Like, who's going to be the king of U.S.? <laughs> I'll do it. I mean, if someone has to, um, happy to be the king. Take one for the Volunteer, team, volunteer services there. Team. Yep, absolutely. I got a lot of rules to implement, so it'll be fun. <laughs> you know, but I am sitting on the edge of my seat, though. Like, I thought I was going to go into this weekend. It's solidly holding 30K, and then WSJ just had to release this article with the exclusive colon going, SEC saying the um, the filing is inadequate. And I was like, well, why is everything heading south? And I was just like, oh, they just couldn't let me be for one weekend. Uh, <laughs> kind of a joke, to, the uh, to be honest. Like, I mean, the even from the headline, I knew, okay, it's inadequate. That means uh, fix the paperwork and send it back in. So, I mean, it's <laughs> even with the headline and the way that they posted, it, it was kind of obvious, you know, it's not like, yeah, if the headline would have been something like, if the headline would have been something like SEC like rejects ETF filings on the basis of it being illegal, all applications dead in the water, then that's hardly like, clickbait, we, my friends. Yeah, are we, you smoking. We would have we would have seen like twenty eight k. Like Bitcoin would have just dumped completely. Yep, and I'd be but drinking bleach right now. Bernie, can I ask you a question? Because yeah. I know like we've been talking this week and you said there is a female meme lord in the wrecked community. She's is that the, who I'm right now in this Yeah, chat? she's in the audience. That's Eve. Um, she's hilarious. She just destroys me with memes every day, making fun of the Victory Hoodie, wrecked guy, which is the best uh, which, is, which is what she should be doing. We applaud her effort. Yeah, twenty one sixty. I got a feeling that you're kicking her a little ETH on the side to do this, but uh, <laughs> that's all right, man. We'll just we'll let it be. But with that never, said, we should get into the show. My secrets. <laughs> I'm gonna jump off Bernie for my show. Have a great show, man. I hope to see you on Real Vision real soon. Good, Take care. Have good a good talk. weekend. Yep. See Have you soon. One. All right, that was our first time we ever had a special pop-up guest appearance. So uh, that was a an historical. She seems, moment she right seems quite spirited. She is. Yeah. She's awesome, man. Uh, she's, she's at real vision. She's a producer. She's got her own show and soon we're going to have a wrecked guy documentary uh, that they're going to be producing. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, but without further ado, uh, Jordan to start, if you want to tell us about your background in before web three and in web three, like how did you get to where you are today? 
was there a life before Web3? I don't know if I recall that life anymore. <laughs> That's a good thing, man. That means you've been in a while. Yeah, I mean, I've always had an interest in Web3 since the early days. But um, before I before I did all that, I, I still I still have like a B2B marketing agency in the Web2 world, the, the boring B2B marketing community. So I've been doing that for uh, since 2012, long time now. Still have that agency today and partially helps out with the one today. So I've been a marketer by trade for a long time now. Yeah, mostly digital marketing. So you're talking like, you know, search engine optimization, pay-per-click advertising, display advertising, website design development, that whole thing. So I've been in that agency kind of centric world for longer than I could remember. But until I decided one day, you know what, to hell with steady income and a certain future, I'm going to dive right into this. <laughs> so you just quit and went all in on, on Web3? Uh, well, I, I stopped trying to grow that agency. It's still, you know, it's doing fine where it is, but I, I decided to go away from the certain path and venture into the brave unknown. Nice. Okay. So, so when did you get into the Web3 space? Because honestly, there's only so many industrial HVAC manufacturers that I can talk to without wanting to kill myself. <laughs> yeah i'd imagine i'm in b2b sales and uh, i can certainly relate to that oh there you, there you go so so when did you get you got into web3 in 2012 were you buying bitcoin or what did that look like you know it's hilarious is I'm, I'm one of those guys that bought bitcoin and then lost <laughs> my seed oh. recovery password and stuff <laughs> so somewhere out there is somebody's fortune that no one can reclaim. Oh man, that's painful. How, do you know how much? It's very painful, but I bought it when it was like really cheap. It was just like, like I don't know, maybe 10 or $12 at the time. <sighs> oh, that's painful. Well, it's, you know, it's there's painful. a lot of people with those stories a lot. Um, it's uh, kind of amazing how many I run into that have that same story. Um, so were you in Ether right when it launched or how did that work out? Yeah, like a friend of mine who's like really up to date with everything cutting edge, just like sent me emails like, hey, bro, you got to buy this thing. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I never even like even heard of it. And I just clicked on it. And I'm the kind of guy that if someone just tells me, any one of my friends tells me anything, I'll spend like a couple hundred bucks on it just to see if it does anything. Right. So that's what I did. And I just like kind of shelved it and forgot about it like ages ago. And then, you know, look who's the asshole now. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're alone. I think, uh, you know, if it, if it was able to be tallied, there'd be plenty of dead wallets that's got, you know, Bitcoin yeah. sitting in it from back in those days. Because the arc was just so long when it comes to technology innovation that a lot of people either moved on or, you know, moved on and came back and then is in your exact position where the seed phrase is just not known and there's no way to get into it. So, I mean, at least you didn't spend 10000 on two pizzas. Yeah, it's true. I never did that. Never did that. <laughs> Those were good pizzas, though, man. They had to be good. Um, all right. So, cool. Tell us about Angelo, man. Yeah, so Angelo, I, I sort of had the brainchild for this because when I was looking at the NFT boom of a few years back, I thought it was really fantastic technology, just the way it, it transfers ownership from one to the other with a minimization of paperwork. But I didn't see it being applied to any physical assets. And I wondered, I'm like, why is that? Because this is actually the perfect technology to move physical ownership over from user to user 
with a minimum of friction, right? So I got the idea instead of doing like digital art, which is what everyone's doing and a lot of people still do it and that's great, right? But I thought there's a room for an additional product for physical art, right? So our company is trying to push this whole thing of PFNTs, right? Which is physical NFTs in essence. So tokenized assets, but using the same NFT technology, but physical, physical tokenized assets is what we're selling here, right? So we're combining like the mechanics of like a stock trading platform or a crypto exchange with NFTs, but instead of trading like a crypto token or flipping like a standard digital NFT, these are physical works of art. Yeah. If you click on the primary market, you can see some examples of some of the stuff that we were doing through our like beta testing there. If you click on on sale, there's a drop down there. Yeah. Sold out because it's not in style anymore. This is sort of what it looks like here. Yeah. So these are, these sell at like a fixed unit price in the beginning, but then you go over to the secondary market and you can trade them just like you would like a stock or like a crypto token. You do like market orders, limit orders, stop loss, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And I thought physical fine art is really a perfect asset to begin this exploration with physical assets because it's rare, it's scarce, and it already inherently has value from like hundreds of years. Right. It's not like a question like, does fine art have value? I mean, everyone knows that, right? We've all seen like the guy in the movies that's like smoking a cigar and like spending like a million quid or a million pound on like a painting that he, you know, just bought from somebody. So this is this is the some of the works of art that we did on our beta test. Obviously, most of these we don't own, right? Because this is just demo fake money, because St. John the Baptist would be worth like, you know. God knows how much, like untold amounts of value, right? <laughs> like fifty million dollars or something. So you guys didn't sell a bunch of like Van Goghs and Monets and um, and Da Vinci's, yeah? <laughs> no, no, no. Sets. I mean, if I had that problem, I wouldn't even need to make any business, right? I could sell those things for like two hundred million dollars piece. Now these are just like stand-ins. We actually just bought our first few pieces of artwork that's going on on the platform recently. Yeah. Nice. So you're procuring you're procuring the art and then listing it. You're buying it and then listing it, or are you looking for different sellers to come on board as well and list their art here? Yeah, great question. So in the beginning, we're gonna buy a few works of art just because the reason no one's done this before is the fine art industry is notoriously difficult to do any kind of innovation, right? It's like one of the, it's like insurance, fine art, banks. Now banks are starting to get innovation, so we just have fine art and insurance left. So these guys take quite a bit of convincing. So in the beginning, we have to buy the, some of the, plat the pieces outright to list on the platform. But I've been, we've been like, our team's amazing. We've been talking to like galleries and artists for like the past year or so. So they're ready to do it, just list with us without us buying it. But they want to see it works first, of course. So in September, when we launch, we're going to prove just that. Nice. If you go to the secondary market, you can see the real fun in games. So here you can see this is kind of like coin market capish looking a little bit. So we're going to have it. It's going to be different because instead of the NFTs where you're doing like fixed price auctions, this is real time value fluctuations here. So the price, we're kind of introducing volatility into the fine art market where now it doesn't exist at all. So you have like the hourly change, the seven day change and the, you know, market wow. cap total of each particular piece. And one day we're hoping to get these ticker prices listed on other platforms, right? So, you know, crypto.com, Coinbase can sell our products as well. Interesting. 
Yeah, so, so I, I have a question. So, like, shoot it for the ones that like you're buying and like self custodying, right? Like, part of you know NFT technology is all about provenance, right? So, how are you linking or being able to prove provenance through your platform? Yeah, so we have a team of art advisors that they are our dealers. That's what they do for a living. So the artists that are going to be on our platform are going to be people that have listed with other exhibitions in different parts of the world already. So they are going to have some press. They're already going to have some sales history behind them before they even arrive on this platform, right? So given their history, you can sort of make an educated guess where they're going if you bother, of course, to do the proper due diligence and research that anybody should do on these guys. Gotcha. Yeah. And is there any is there any like token that's linked to the actual physical good itself? Like that yeah, I so these are all these are all tokenized, right? So they're all tokens. So each of these paintings will you'll be able to buy tokens and trade as you would any other kind of crypto coin. It's just the difference is for right now, because fractionalized trading is a regular regulated activity and we want to be pro-regulation at the moment. It's not, it's not something that you could transfer off platform as of this moment, except if you just want to liquidate profit until there is a time where we can actually link it up with other crypto exchanges to, you know, spread the actual reach of this platform. But for now, it has to be stuff that's traded on platform from now. I know it's a little bit counterproductive to the crypto movement, but this is what the best we can do within the regulations that are defined for us at this moment. I think so you, that's good though. You don't want to be too focused on being crypto and like throw your business out the window because of that, right? Um, well, exactly. We, I mean, we want to take a bunch of Web2 customers too. So a lot of you guys might have heard about like Masterworks, right? Maybe, or some yeah. of these other alternative financing platforms. We want to take a bunch of those customers too because those guys don't really have much options either. If you buy off Masterworks, you can basically just get, you have to just trust their judgment because they sell it on your behalf for three or five years with us you can liquidate your position anytime you want with a variety of methods and you can buy fractions of of a piece right you're not you don't have to buy the whole thing no you don't but if you want to actually own the piece and this is a question we get a lot once you buy 65 percent, the outstanding fractions will automatically be offered to you at a cost average price so in that way you can make the choice do I want to buy it? Do I want to own this piece physically or not? And then it'll actually be shipped to you. So there is like a kind of a physical connection to these pieces as well. It's not just like trading the assets on the platform forever. Yeah, that answered one of my questions. Um, yeah, man, this is uh, it's interesting. We spent we spent a while building this thing. So I, and I, I sort of wanted to be one of those those projects that before we just went with a token and be like, trust us, we're going to build a project. It's it's coming. Just trust us. I wanted to actually just have the product and then launch the token later. So there's just no doubts if this is coming or not. <laughs> nice. So you're going to launch one of these things. You can see the trading options as well. Oh, sorry. You have to be logged in. Yeah. Well, we have to sign in for that. This is how I'm going to get my one of my, my first sign up from this AMA right here. I'm going to force the host <laughs> to sign up. Burn, <laughs> create an account. Oh no, I got to dox my email. Oh no, you don't. Dude, stop sharing it on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, you know what? Every time I get an email, it makes me feel. All right, hold on. Let me stop sharing. <laughs> you guys. Well, I guess we, we we could probably guess your email address just because it's such a unique name you have there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But there's no there's no like physical and token link for 
from what I'm understanding. Like there are platforms out there that are like embedding like RFID chips into stuff and stuff like that and linking it to the token. You guys aren't doing that, are you? No, not at the moment. No. That's something we did we did think about for the for the but it's just too complicated at the moment. We gotta yeah, launch this sense. thing. Yeah, for sure. So when you do go live, how many pieces are you gonna have self-custodying? For uh, for people to start. Uh, so just to be know. clear, all the pieces will be self-custodied eventually because again, it's a regulated activity. So when you're talking to insurance companies, regulators, their first question is, where are the assets? So it's going to be hosted in like a a few storage facilities in the UK, and we're also going to have our own gallery where we're going to rotate the pieces out for public to see whenever they want as well. That's awesome. So if somebody had like a fine art piece and they wanted to put it on your platform, they're going to ship it to you, and and then you'd put it on. That's correct, yeah. If we don't have an office near them, of course. Yeah, there you go. Now that you're logged in. So if you scroll down, you'll you'll see some familiar trading options and some pricing charts and this whole thing. So we've done like alpha and beta tests on these things, so it's all fully functional at this point. Wow, that's interesting. We tried to make it a little bit less intense too. Like, you know, if you look at, you know, Binance or something and there's like colors and data, that's like flying in your face. There's like, it's a little bit overwhelming for like a new user. So this is like pretty simple and clean in my estimation. Yeah, it is clean. I would like the option to have uh, candles though. I like candles. The candles are coming. Candles are coming. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and do you guys will you guys get like the art appraised and set like a minimum price when it goes live and then it's just yeah. up to the market to decide you know what they That's think right. it's worth okay yeah so from like the artist perspective this is like like you know one of our big reasons i did this i've been around artists all my life even though i'm like a techno marketing guy but i have a creative side as well and really they get a really bad raw deal with the existing paradigm. If you're an artist today, like a new contemporary artist and you get represented by a gallery, they're going to take a 50 to 60% commission off your piece. It's really brutal. Right. So with us, they can come on here and we just take a 10% commission that they don't even pay for the buyer does. So they get a hundred percent of the sale of the primary market sales. Right. So for them, it's really great because they don't have to deal with the gallery. They can just go to the primary sale. And they can instantly find out if someone likes their work rather than waiting like five, six, seven years for like a bunch of art critics all over the world to decide if they're good or not. Where this is like a direct vote democracy type situation where if we have like a hundred thousand people that decides if they like what you did or not, right? Yeah, I know. I think I think you said two things there that are really great and kind of breaking the paradigms of of traditional art market. One is that horrendous deal that the art dealers give to the artists taking, you know, 50% of the profit, but also, <laughs> you know, a lot of this is just all talked about and kind of dealt with behind closed doors and the people that kind of live in that arena of following those art dealers or those big auction houses and being able to open this up to a broader community who then can see and value people's art, I think is, you know, really incredible. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, one of the, the mission statements here is we, you know, it's really not fair that the cultural treasures that we have are just like held in secret behind closed doors. And you have to like have, you know, a seven figure salary to just be invited to look at these pieces that are coming. It's ridiculous. Right. And they always say art is for everybody, but it's really not. It's really for the rich right now. <laughs> it's not for everybody. 
So hopefully we can change that. But even if you can't afford to plop down like 20 grand on a painting, you can at least participate in the process, right? And you can get to know the artists, you know, you can get, get on some Q and A's with them, get some benefits and then perhaps even make a profit from the investment as well. Yeah. I mean, half the fun is getting introduced to new artists. And then if they, if they end up making it big and you've got to buy a piece, like a little piece of their, their original painting, that, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, I think that uh, one of the things I wanted to congratulate you on is kind of the UI UX you have here. It's very simple. Um, and I think that will lend to people not being intimidated by kind of this construct, right? Like people feel like, oh, who am I to buy art? Because it's always been flashed in front of them as being, you know, for the rich or the elite. Um, yeah. And this makes it really simplified and uncomplicated and and inviting in a way, which is kind of what you want um, to gain new customers that that the traditional art market isn't reaching. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I as an American, I find it offensive when anything is held in like very elitist circles. That's not the way we do things in that country. So democratizing it is what it's all about here. And of course, like the good UI helps. <laughs> yeah, it's super clean. Um, everything on the site works, which is always good. Let me see if I got an airdrop. Here's the airdrop. Oh man! All right, I'll deal with that later. But I'm getting. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not. I was never. I'm never quite clear on these things. If I'm allowed to talk about the airdrops, I usually don't mention it unless the host is like, "Yeah, go for it." But honestly if you want to i i don't care man you can you can talk about it we're not yeah so anyone listening right now angelo.up slash airdrop that's going to come with uh some rewards like tokenized offerings obviously the angelo token itself plus you know some shares on the platform as well depending on your trading activity and your community participation i'm gonna sign up <laughs> there you go yep yep yeah, we're going with our little Alice in Wonderland theme. I'm I'm sort of obsessed with Alice in Wonderland, so y'all have to forgive me for that. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. It's that's yeah, a classic. It's actually my favorite ride at Disneyland, even though it's like so old. Uh you're one of those too. I love it. There you go. I'm actually really impressed. I like this idea of actually building something first and then launching it. I think in Web3, we've gotten so used to people saying, this is what is coming. And then either 95% of the time, nothing comes. Or when it does come, it doesn't work because it was rushed on a timeline that you told your holders at the beginning or your community at the beginning. So um, kudos to actually building something out first. And then and then I think it'll benefit you a lot when you go to launch because people are going to be shocked that, like, no, it's actually, this is something that works right now, like today. Call me old fashioned, but before I invest in something, I want to see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it definitely helps. Um, not really the path this space has taken, um, but it, it definitely helps. Um, and I love the. Fact I, have, I also have the luxury of you know, I, you know, these are bootstrapped from my other company's funds, so I'm in kind of a unique position because I've already been in business for like you know quite some time, so I can you know afford to do this. I do understand when some people don't do it, whether they do it the other way, just because they're not in my position to do that so it's sort of understandable to a degree yeah 90 percent of the time though they never build what they say they're going to build so I, yeah I but like you should when you take the money you should actually do do something with it that's true <laughs> there's a few coins that i invested in that definitely didn't do that yes some things just kind of 
blown well, away. I think, I think unfortunately, a lot of people that come into this space that have ideas, uh, launch projects, build communities, um, they've never run a business before. And so yeah. they don't really know what it takes. And you can make all these promises because that's how you build a community and you get attention. But then actually making it happen on the back end is oftentimes a lot harder than what you expected. So timelines, yeah. actual funds needed, actual talent on the team needed, that all like hits you in the face. And that's why you end up seeing people either produce nothing or the quality of what they produce is just really, really low. Um, and so to bootstrap it on your end, because you're capable of doing so um, beforehand to actually present a real product that, that looks very seamless, um, I think is really going to benefit you in a lot of ways uh, because people aren't used to seeing that in web. <laughs> yeah, that's the reaction I was hoping for. Uh, we just started doing our marketing push with the AMAs and stuff because we've been so product focused. So I very much appreciate your feedback there. One other question I have is you said you guys are talking like to obviously the trad art world. What is their reaction? Are you just getting like doors slammed in your face or they're like, Hey, no, we realize that this is the future. Maybe it's something we'd like to partner with you on. What uh, what uh, what are you hearing behind the scenes when you talk to these people? So the art world is like high school, essentially. It's no different than that. Like if if like like if I talk to twenty five galleries, I'll close every single one of them if we're doing business with somebody they know. You know, it's like if you're dating like the most like the most popular cheerleader in school, then everyone wants to be your friend. It's just like that in the fine art world. So like they, I've, we've talked to so many at this point and a lot of them are just waiting to see what happens before they take a punt. Well, we just, the, the artwork we bought this the other day is the first gallery that actually really understood our concept is on board with it. And shocker, she's young, you know, she's a younger art gallery. So like when you talk to like these guys that are in their fifties and sixties and seventies, which is who runs a lot of the art galleries right now, they just don't, you know, it's like, it's like explaining to them how the physics to get to the moon, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was always interested because all you hear about in Web3 or in M NFTs is like if it's if it's the trad art world, it has to be coming out of like Sotheby's or Christie's. And it's like, is everybody in the trad art world just using them as a barometer? Like it, until they fully embrace it, like nobody's really paying attention. It's good to know that I, like you interestingly, like Sotheby's and Christie's is not even well liked in the art world. It's sort of like the really the last resort of the sales you go to. Yeah. So they're not really like culturally cool. If you put it that way. <laughs> that's, that's completely against the narrative that we've all been fed in, in NFTs over the last two years. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting world. Like I said, it's very elitist, right? So I didn't even know, understand all the rules of the game until I started, you know, trying to deal with them myself. Wow. I nice feel fan. so uneducated. I need to, I need to, I need to figure some more stuff out. Sure. That's yeah, all right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring it out for everybody. So enough of this elitism crap. I like well, it. Well, I definitely gave you guys a follow. Um, and I'm gonna go play around on your website when we get done with the show. Uh, and definitely make an account and sign up. I think it's really, really cool. I've always been what was that other uh web two company that you mentioned? They do a lot of advertising. It, it kind yeah, of yeah, Masterworks. They do they Matt do quite Ford? a bit of advertising, those guys. Yeah, I've kind of always been interested in that. But ever since I learned about, you know, Web3 and tokenization, I felt that that was missing. And I didn't see any kind of hint that they were thinking about, you know, involving that technology in any way. So it's really exciting for me to actually see somebody who inherently came into Web3 and built it with that technology in mind. Um, 
yeah, man, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a really cool concept, and I wish you uh, the best of luck. Thank you very much, sir. Very much appreciate yeah. it. Same here. So on that note, I think we can uh, we can give you a rating. Twenty one sixty. You want to go first? Man, why you always give it on me? Look, he built something. <laughs> he showed up to this interview with something already built, and he didn't even have to demo like something that was like in a sandbox. You were actually playing with it online. So for me, um, I think it's a much needed service that I think that art should be for everybody. It shouldn't just be for the elite. Um, and I also believe that fractionalization of ownership is super important um, so that people can be motivated to to buy art and to become educated about art. Um, yeah. Most people don't want to do anything within the art world because they feel like they can't own any part of it. So why participate? And so this gives them a platform to be motivated to participate. And that to me is is really really cool. I don't know if you know this, Burn, but you know I came to Web three for the money, but I stayed for the art and the community. And I think you know what Jordan has built and Angelo is really really cool. So I give it a nine. Um, I think it's, I think it's awesome, man. Thank that's you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's a really good score. Um, it, I, I can pretty much. So the reason I have twenty one sixty go first. Is that when he's done, I can just say, yeah, me too, man. And then it just makes it way easier. Um, I'm just lazy. But, no, I like I agree with every, everything he said. Uh, the fact that you've got this built out, the UI is great. Um, it opens access to collecting truly fine art to the masses, which is great. And then there's also a degen element as well, right? You You've got your trading. Um, you can do stop losses and all that. You can just get in and trade, which um, which I like as well. You know, I, I love a good gamble. Um, not sure how volatile these pieces will be because they've been around for hundreds of years, right? Or the ones we're well, at. we'll actually be doing mostly um, new contemporary artists because we want to focus on the artists of tomorrow, not the ones of the past. So the volatility will probably be there. Nice, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's that's good. Good volatility, good trading. Um, it's built out well. Um, I can tell you're smart. You're doing things right. You bootstrapped it. It's not just some cash grab. Um, so I I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a eight point one. That's a high score. That's really high. Point one. I like the point one difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I try to be as precise as I can. Um, which there's really no no reason to the the number I come up with after eight. So uh, eight point <laughs> one, I like it. Um, yeah, man. I think the once the one part the major hurdle to overcome is bringing on um, is curating art right and curating collectors, which is you know it's anything you build that's great. That's always the hardest part, I think. Um, but if you can do that, and it sounds like you're hustling to do it, and I think you have a good chance of doing it, uh, you'll do really well. So, um, yeah, man, I like it. I think it's going to do great. So, Guys, thank you my so much. Question, really appreciate it. Yeah, my question for you is, um, are you mainly going to focus on in real life artists who have never participated in the Web3 space? Or will you have a mix of like artists who do sell work in the web three space, but also are creating like physical works as well. 
Yeah, so physical works is the game, but we don't really, we're not going to really discriminate. If someone's worked in Web3 before and they want, there's no reason why we wouldn't work with them if their work is solid, has providence, there's some sort of sales history behind it already. There's no reason why we'd exclude them, of course. We just didn't want to become like another digital NFT platform because that's already out there, right? There's nothing like special to that. The reason that I asked that question is because I feel like a lot of uh, native Web3 artists that kind of have come about um while they're producing digital works and they focus on web3 a lot of them are creating physical works right but there's no real mechanism for them to kind of sell that it's always like hey buy this nft and we'll send you this physical work so um i think you know it would be an easy bridge for kind of a digital artist who's worked in the web3 space already understands the technology to kind of take that um gamble yeah. on your guys's platform and be able to introduce their their physical works as well and kind of um then you have a built-in customer base who already understands web3 technology um and kind of the other things that are that are that are taking place on your platform so that's really cool yeah you are indeed correct that would be our ideal customer love it man well yeah thank you for coming on um i love what you built and uh, I'm going to be playing with it for sure. Um, Thank you so much, cool guys. Say I own a piece of a Monet or whatever. but or One, any. Uh, A couple of questions before you before you sign off, Jordan. When do you think you'll be going live with these kind of works? So we have a thought? projected date in September. September. Well, I'm thinking like mid-September. It'll be on all the airdrop email lists that you guys are now subscribed to. You'll get the updates from that is. But that's the goals from September. I wanted to kick this off like the... Definitely before December, but September is the, is the objective right now. And, and based on our current track track record, I don't think there's any reason why we're going to miss that date. Gotcha. The platform, and as you've seen, is already fairly functional. So it's just a matter of tidying up the regulations now in the banking, and we should be good to go. And the best way to keep uh, you know informed is just following your Twitter and uh, your website? Subscribe on our website. Follow us on Twitter. You're going to get our email updates to go out once a week. Big company updates go out once a month, or you can join us on Discord if you're one of those cats. Awesome. Too many Discords. I'm in too many. I'm managing two, and it's a lot. Yeah, I've really had to pare it down like recently because I like looked at my Discords, like 75 Discords. I'm like, all right, we gotta gotta get rid of some of these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can relate for sure. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. I'll be sending out recaps and stuff like that, and we'll be doing more videos. So. Keep your eyes open. We'll we'll have more content coming, but we appreciate you coming on. Uh, love what you built um, and, and the reasons you're doing it. So it's good stuff. Thanks, guys. Great show, by the way. I like it. I'll, be, I'll, I'll tune in for more. Thanks, man. Nice. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. All right. Now we've got bizflip.io. Uh, Bizflip, I see you're joined via Twitter. Um, are you there? Hey, man. I am here. What's hey, up? what's up, man? Um, yeah, thanks for joining. Um, You're welcome. So, yeah, to get started, I guess, what's your name? <laughs> so, my name is Serge. Um, my last name is Kaloshnik, and uh, I'm the founder of BizFlip. So, hopefully, it's uh, easy to pronounce. I know it sounds exotic and out of the U.S., but I was born and raised here, so... I apologize uh, if it's uh, a mouthful. <laughs> do your best, man. <laughs> we're, we're not going to do last names. We'll just call you Serge if that's cool. 
Um, All right, you do you. All right, nice. Thanks, man. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I guess to get started, as we always do, if you'd like to just give us a background on uh, your pre-Web3 life and how you got into Web3 and what you've been doing ever since. Yeah. Um, so my parents uh, immigrated to the States. Uh, we did all the shit jobs growing up. Um, went to college at 15. Wanted to go into medical school. Quickly realized I really didn't give a crap about um, for, formal career paths and was much more intrigued with building something from nothing. Um, built uh, two other bootstrap companies prior to this. Had a successful exit on one. The other is a physical brick-and-mortar business where I am a licensed builder in two states. So I enjoy building, whether it's a physical product I'm delivering or a digital service. Um, through and through, that's just my thing, man. I love seeing something come up from nothing. Um, you know, come from a background of four boys, all enjoy a, a nice, uh, you know, good fight, you know, in good sport. And I uh, enjoy having, you know, a nice conversation around a, a cheerful uh, and a vibrant table. So that's about it. Uh, the short and sweet story. Um, I don't know if you have any questions specific to my background, but try to keep it as uh, short as possible. Yeah. Are you, are you licensed in Michigan, by the way? Cause I need a builder. Um, not yet, but I can't can design it by law, but I, I do have connections. If you want to follow up, I'm, I always have a few people I'm meeting every now and then. So I'll reach out. We're, we're looking at the Amish. We're probably going to be the general for our house. Um, all right. 2160 just left. He's out. Um, but we're probably going to use the Amish to like frame it up and, uh, we're going to be the general contractor and, um, well, he's charge. Let me know, man. Not a big deal. I love doing that. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, man. I'll reach out. So, um, yeah, anyway, tell us about your, uh, your web three experience. How did you get into web three? Yeah. So, um, I enjoy web three due to the technology, um, on my first venture where I had a bootstrap company, SaaS company, um, I did it through Web2 means, meaning Web2 toolkits. And it was a little sluggish, and I slowly migrated into uh, cryptocurrency, traded it back and forth. I, I've traded securities now for over 10 years. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of that, just kind of probing and investigating the space and just watching it grow. I remember back in the day uh, in college, uh, when I was young and impressionable, I would like to say I was 15 and our professor would say, oh, you know, Bitcoin's crap. It's all a scam. Man, I wish I didn't listen to him back then. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I've seen it all kind of like from the start and been aware of it and just watched it, you know, kind of develop. Very interested from, from the first and early days of its uh, origin. Um, I'm 32 now. So, I mean, I'm still, uh, if you see me on the street, I'm still a baby face, but I've seen a few things. Yeah, you're young compared to us, man. We're a couple boomers. We're both 38. <laughs> We're total boomers over here. Um, <laughs> I have a funny, I, have, part, right? I kind of, a, I have the same kind of backstory that you do a little bit uh, from kind of a different angle. So I was in the army um, and was was made aware of Bitcoin very, very early on. Like I could have bought it for like $4. Um, and But we were told the same thing. Like it's a scam. People are only using it to buy drugs on the internet or like pay for like illegal things. And I was like, well, um, I had a clearance at the time. So like I couldn't custody anything like that. Uh, and so I just didn't get involved, even though I thought the technology was like super, super cool. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just realized, I'm sure just like you, that a lot of times when someone says something with conviction, it doesn't make it so. Um, so, I mean, you just got to follow your gut and, you know, you only got one life to live. Take the steps you think are appropriate and um, seek to benefit others in the process. Yeah, that's really good advice. And, and what I learned from missing out on Bitcoin and Ethereum early after friends telling me to get it is if somebody tells you about something, just buy it. Just get it. Like, even if it's just a little bit, like, you'll, you might lose some money, but um, obviously make sure it's not a scam. Use a burner wallet, all that stuff. But why not take a little a little shot on something new? Definitely learn that lesson. Yeah, everyone's got their own balance. You know, you've got you to gotta pick what's right for you and your character and your, your specific situation where you are in life. Um, there's no one cookie cutter answer for anyone, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, tell us about BizFlip. Yeah, so I, I was very intrigued with the process in regards to asset acquisition and investment uh, on the traditional sense, meaning you would you know, buy it and sell it physically with a broker. Um, and then I, I was um, an understudy for about eight months with uh, the Web2 process, meaning, you know, through digital means to acquire assets and invest in them and you know discovering you know nfts and ai tech with blockchain i just figured this was the perfect medium for asset acquisition so on the back end we're using this tech to make the process fast simple safe uh and exciting you know so we're trying to combine a lot of things together and make our own sauce in the process um on the front end we just want it to be simple and fun kind of feel like the flirtation ship because let's be honest, a lot of times when you're looking at developing an asset, and by asset I mean a business, um, you know, or a website, a DAP, whatever you're looking to develop that's going to bring cash flow, um, usually people are just flirting in the beginning stages, and they're, you know, it's not really uh, a, a concrete decision. So it's we want to change the dynamic to kind of like a flirtation ship where people are able to uh, swipe through assets in a singular focus see what they're interested in. Maybe they want to invest in someone who's just starting. Maybe they want to acquire a small company or an individual um, and uh, go from there. So that's kind of the way we're approaching it. And our whole goal is to create a community uh, that kind of caters to the people who are just starting and they need help and they're connecting with people that are already uh, in the development stage and others that have already had their assets acquired. So we want to be that place uh, that helps the next gen of people develop their assets and, you know, kind of just push people towards, you know, thinking big, developing things, building things um, that are, are valuable for others. Um, so it's, yep. it's almost like an, like an incubator, right? But you're also handle, handling the, uh, the acquisition side of thing, right? So it'll be a true marketplace where you can literally list your asset and on the back end you will fill out what entity owns it uh, the percentage of ownership and you'll be able to list it and on the front end if you're interested you'll be able to swipe through singular focus meaning one asset at a time you'll see a logo of the company and you'll be able to tap it see what they're making revenue if they're pre-revenue uh, you'll when you you can submit an offer if you like it by swiping right it'll ask if you want to invest in it or if you want to acquire it if you want to invest in it, it'll pop up a safe contract. If you've ever heard of Y Combinator, it's one of the most concrete contracts out there for investors. Or if you want to acquire it, it'll pop up an asset contract, meaning 
you're only acquiring the asset, not the entity behind it, which has many advantages for all parties involved. Um, we will have a on-site transaction processing system or escrow uh, that's already integrated in the marketplace as well. Um, additionally, users can also have us represent the asset where we would verify and comb through their financials and provide a, um, a value of what they are worth as well. So if they wanted to go through someone to represent them, we would have that option as well. And you can get your actually asset valued right now on the website for free. We have a proprietary evaluation tool up and running there too. So you can check out what kind of, say you have a website or a DAP that's generating revenue. Um, you can plug in your numbers there and see approximately what you're worth. That is interesting for sure. Um, so I guess my question would be, I would imagine there's a lot of legalities tied to this type of platform. Um, how are you managing all that to make sure that you're protecting yourself and, and the users? Yeah. So the way you make everything simple, uh, stress-free, transparent, clear is making sure you're using asset contracts and safe contracts. So people are not just pur purchasing an NFT. So for example, if you're like purchasing art through NFT framework on OpenSea, technically, um, if that community says, hey, we no longer offer these royalties or rewards, uh, because you do, not, you do not have a contractual obligation or meaning the seller does not have one, uh, they can switch that at any time. What we're doing, we're pairing a contract with the transaction uh, on the front end. So you have a legally binding contract and you have the transaction and the, and the paper trail that goes with it. So it's actually safer than in person or anything else out there right now. So you're essentially tokenizing the assets. So I've got like uh, victoryhoodie.com where I sell victory hoodies, which is the best wrecked guy trait. Um, but I, I've got that. I want to sell it. Um, I can value it. It gets tied to an NFT essentially. And there's a contract behind that. Somebody wants to buy it. They buy the NFT uh, contract is fulfilled and then it's theirs. Is that accurate? Exactly. Now, remember, in between them being even able to purchase the transaction, when they click in on, you know, make an offer, it'll pop out what the seller filled out, meaning you filled out your EIN number, what entity owns it, where they can verify, and exactly what you're selling. So say you're like, hey, I just want to sell this website, but I want to keep all the merchandise. It would literally be all labeled there on the contract so they can see exactly what they're purchasing. And then based off that information, you submit an offer. And then the seller can either approve or deny that offer. So there's a lot of transparency. And the beauty of why we want those contracts in there, meaning the physical bill uh, that's in there as well, is because we want that transparency and we want it to be legally binding. So it's not just, hey, here's the NFT, here's a trademark, um, you know, here's the revenue and everything, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what you get. So that's why it's very imperative that we we bond both those elements together which has not been done to this point so in that scenario where burn tries to sell you a shitty victory hoodie um fuck off know, let's, let's, on, say, let's say that he he had one made by dolce and gabbana because he's he's bougie like that and it was really valued at 500 and then somebody got into a contract and purchased it and then burn shipped them a hoodie that you know was made in 
in in Taiwan that was only worth 15 bucks. To guild like, how, in. Do you, how do you prevent that from happening on your platform? Can you reframe the question? So if if somebody's selling something that's physical in the real world through your your platform and then it gets shipped and the person who bought it on the other end um how do you guarantee that the, what they're going to receive from this individual is is what they purchased got it so have you ever sold an asset before just curious uh like a physical good um like a business any kind of business asset oh. meaning any kind of thing that yeah cash flowing yeah, entity for sure Okay, so if you look at the contract that you use to execute that um, transaction, you'll see on there there's a lot of disclaimers, just like what we have that go around. Make sure you do your own due diligence. Here's verifiable proof. Seller cannot alter any kind of um, manufacturing rights or anything like that, that last minute. If they do, they'll be legally uh, liable for, for uh, to be basically sued. So there's a lot of things in the contract that prevent this kind of thing to happen. And when it does happen, you can go after that person and, um, you know, collect damages done to the, to the entity that is the buyer. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Our whole goal is to make it very simple on the front end and on the back end, when they go through that contract, they can see everything is there. It's a very industry standard uh, situation. We're not changing the, the, the actual asset contracts and safe contracts that are associated with these transfer of assets. What we're doing is we are merging that old school with the transparency, speed, and simplicity of going through a, a blockchain and NFT framework. Uh, that's what we're doing. So we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just putting rubber on the wheel. It makes sense. Uh, so, like, I guess my fear would be doing like selling internationally. So I'd want to like, I'd want to meet the person before, before, like if I'm selling a million dollar business, um, I definitely want to meet them and make sure they're real. I'd want a full docs. And I did see something in the roadmap about doxing. Um, yes. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. that'd be really important. <laughs> so we have doxing where you can literally the, the seller will, and buyer can upload their, literally their passport ID, their everything. Um, and actually, when the entity is listing their asset, they are actually docs at that point. So you'll see an EIN number. All that information is public. So you can circle back and confirm that on multiple public websites. Um, that is a very simple thing to do uh, and can get your answers very quickly. Um, as far as meeting someone in person, yes, there's always going to be someone that is going to uh, want to meet in person. So there will be external links to like social media. There will be video in intros to the company and the, the sellers, um, owners that would be pitching, you know, their company. It's a very transparent process. What we want it to feel like is kind of like um, the excitement of Monopoly cards, you know, and, and uh, you know, Bumble or Tinder. That kind of, you know, environment where it's exciting. What's next? What's here? You know, and um, just that open framework and... Um, you know, that safe kind of environment for, for people to enjoy and, and kind of commercialize what, um, you know, kind of like real estate has become with assets. Um, so there's, we, we got to get out of that mindset thinking that, you know, oh, like if I don't meet them in person, then I'm not sure when we invest millions and millions of dollars into stocks, which have public information everywhere. Um, that's kind of uh, 
I guess the uh, the irony out of it all. But it's um, we're in the beta process. You know, long term, we have uh, a token that will be associated with the marketplace as well. Uh, that that'll be something that every transaction that occurs, you'll get a point based system out of it, and you'll be able to convert that into our token. And you use those tokens to be able to basically uh, add more swipes, so you don't get unlimited swipes. So you're not wasting everyone's time. So you can purchase more swipes through the tokens that are associated with the marketplace. Um, a lot of cool stuff uh, in the work, including even real estate. We want to integrate real estate. I have a wait list of uh, real estate agents that want to work with us. Um, but we want to focus on the the asset business side first before we integrate to, to that space. But um, a lot of things that we're working on, but can't reveal it all. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really interesting concept. And I think it's it's a, a really great technology to bring, you know, business buying, uh, you know, to the masses. I think, you know, what a lot of, you know, industry analysts have said is like baby boomers are starting to retire. And there's a lot of businesses out there um, that could be purchased from these individuals. Are, is that like a target group that you guys are going to go after? Because inherently, baby boomers aren't using like or aren't great at like um, technology like this, like emerging technology like this. But I think there's a lot of opportunity there um, to get businesses to uh, to be listed on your platform. Yeah, so we want to focus on our first focus is Web three people that are creating cool products. Um, you know, much like uh, what was his name, uh, Angelo. You know, even like mm. their marketplace. If he wants to get it acquired or find investors. Like he would be able to literally list that, you know, on our, our actual marketplace if he's looking for investors. Like, or say you just have another DAP um, that you're trying to make some kind of a new software, you know, on Web3. Like, we want to focus on those guys because they kind of are more in with it and then work our way back to Web2, um, you know, traditional websites and services and then brick and mortar um, merged entities with assets as well. So there's there's a good amount of people that are very interested. Um, there's obviously some people that are old school that are never going to get it. So that's kind of why we're focused that way. We want we want to kind of get get the people to understand that are building today, and then you know circle back to the people that have built and need a little bit of education, and then you know from there on and so forth. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think it's a great way to show proof of concept first, and then kind of as you specified build backwards to kind of those brick and mortar businesses. Yeah. And, and by the way, I mean, much like uh, Angelo, I mean, I've been building this thing myself as well for a minute. You know, we have a team of three people, um, you know, I kind of wanted to present a, a product and service that's launched prior to raising any funds. And I wish actually I didn't need to raise any funds. So that'd be, that'd be even better. I don't want a corporate head controlling the company. I'd rather have the community telling us what to do and what features to, uh, implement next so um on that note if you ever do have a tip you know feel free to join our community um reach out through email i mean we're, we're pretty open and chill so if you got an idea we're probably going to put it in the bucket and uh, let it marinate and see what comes up out of it so are you gonna is this going to be a dow yes so it's uh we, we're still going to use like an ipfs system for um, data storage but yes interesting okay yeah, I mean, DAOs, if done right, can work well. As 2160 knows, I mean, he's he's on the Rug DAO Council uh, with Rug Radio. I was on it as well. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty complicated 
uh, from a legal perspective and ensuring that you're doing it properly and following guidelines and planning for the future as well, even though we have no straight rules right now from the SEC um, regarding uh, what's a, um, what's a security and what's not. Um, but how, you know, if you do it right and you've got a good legal team, um, it, it can work out. So uh, definitely interesting. Well, we're not trading securities. Remember, there's a difference between trading securities and assets. Uh, we're, that's why we're specifically focused on businesses, cash flowing entities. Well, I was referring um, to the Dow token itself. Um, yeah, the, the tokens and, and how that's structured. I'm not a lawyer. I can't give any kind of advice yeah. on it, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of uh, intricacies that, that you need to take into account when building out a Dow. And I definitely yeah. suggest a legal team working with you. I do. I do have a few friends that are lawyers, and the main thing that, just so you're aware, from my understanding, is that um, I've had two friends tell me this, is that it's all about basically making sure your token is a utility and is actually needed for whatever application you're, you're creating. That it's not, you're just like, you know, like raising funds with a token, but that token actually is necessary for your, your like, say, your marketplace to function. So, for example, in our, in our situation, the token is necessary for you to be able to purchase more swipes for you to be able to convert your points and recircle it back into the marketplace. So that's kind of the, the main um, stick is, is from my understanding. I mean, if anyone has any more um, wisdom to share data on that point, uh, please, please do so. But from my understanding, uh, getting advice from several people, that's, that's the main thing of where it's headed. Yeah, that's accurate. Along with, um, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I understand, you cannot establish a liquidity pool or really have anything to do with it or acknowledge a liquidity pool in any way. Because um, then you're saying, yeah, you're trading our token for money, um, which could lead you down that path. So I'd be careful with that, as well as the holders yeah. of the token cannot receive any kind of financial reward for holding the token. Because um, then it starts to look a little more like a security. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not Gary Gensler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I gotcha. And honestly, for me, like if the laws really get strict, you know, that's why we're, if you look at our roadmap, the token is all the way at the end because I personally, like, that's not what we really care about. What we're trying to do is the service. We want people to get excited about assets, commercialize it. We want people to build things, you know, build cool companies and, you know, different things that people want. You know, that's kind of what we really care about. Uh, the actual token, if it becomes too annoying to do then you know we might scrap that uh, that's the awesome thing of being a small and flexible company is that you can pretty much just you know put, put up you know the screw the sign and uh, do something that makes more sense for everyone involved um, so that's kind of where we're at with it good okay yeah I like that um, definitely the flexibility and pivoting as you're as you're building and um, just always being adaptive that's important um, so yeah I like it I I'll rate first this time, okay? So we're going to give you a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, so when I first got into uh, crypto, and this was only like a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago, I got in by reading The Infinite Machine, which is a book about, um, about Ethereum and how it came to be in the use cases. And one of those, one of the use cases that really was interesting to me was like, People will be, um, they'll be initiating contracts through the Ethereum network, right? 
So that could be a mortgage, it could be a car loan, it could be a business, right? Being bought or sold. And that's something that was really interesting to me and it made me really bullish on Ethereum because I guess a lot of people believe that long-term, um, this is how things are going to be done. So far, I've seen very few um, projects or businesses um, really execute that. So you're one of the first ones that I've seen that's building something that makes sense um, in that arena. And I really like the idea that you'll be expanding into real estate as well. Imagine everyone doing their mortgages through Ethereum and you're a first mover. Um, so that, you know, that that could be absolutely massive long term. And then you'll be selling your business on BizFlip to Rocket Mortgage for whatever, right? So um yeah it's it's really uh it's interesting man i like it i i like how you're building it out in the process um the idea like if i was a vc guy i think it'd be cool to just like pull this up and swipe through hey, anything cool to buy today right and if something really jumps off the page then you can start digging in so i think it's cool um uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say like the whole dow thing like you know you you already covered that if it gets too messy or dangerous looking you can back out no problem nobody's gonna rely on the token you're building the business first uh that's valuable as well so i'm gonna i'm gonna rate you in 8.3294 um <laughs> well dude i gotta get you to 8.4 man maybe if i say someone like randy adams is uh consulting us as well that will get us there it's uh <laughs> one of Steve jobs early engineers oh nice that's uh so we got a few eyeballs on us but we got to deliver yeah that's that's what it all comes down to right you got to deliver but I, I love the idea love what you guys are building um yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it could be a very valuable business and it could be something that fulfills the hopes of Ethereum long term. So, yeah, 8.3 and whatever the fuck I said after that. <laughs> you said 8.4. <laughs> 8.4. All right, you get an 8.4. He's What's rounding out. <laughs> um, from my end, I, I'll kind of approach it from the same exact angle as Burn did. Like, I feel like, you know, Web3 has been the tech behind web3 um you know really uh came to the masses in the form of nfts and i think that with people that being their only experience with them um just don't understand how powerful the execution of a smart contract on chain is actually going to be and that when people talk about the technology is going to permeate every part of our life that's really what they're talking about um and it's really uh utilizing the technology in a way that you're looking at doing it which is bringing it to the forefront and pushing an industry forward um that is kind of you know lived predominantly uh in a in a web 2 or pre web 2 world like go try to buy a business online it's very difficult to do um those are deals that are still being made in person for the most part or through law firms um and so to bring this technology to the forefront of, of Web3 smart contracts um, into the world of being able to kind of sell a business that you've created. I think it's a really, really cool concept. Um, I do agree with Byrne that legally, I think there's a lot of things that might need to be worked through, um, especially when you get into the real estate realm. Um, but uh, I'd like to see projects being built with the technology that is not in a way that the masses were kind of introduced to it. So 
kudos to you for taking a really great idea. Um, I wish you a lot of luck while you continue to build um, and hope you get the right investments um, to be able to, to, to continue on your journey. Um, I will give you an 8.2. Um, and I want to follow along and, and kind of see where you are. So if you ever, when you get further down the road and you want to come back and we can kind of dig into what's been built, that would be really cool for, I think, both of us to, to get an update. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, we're pretty laid back people. So if you want to ever, you know, drop by and share some wisdom or knowledge, we're, uh, we're always open, very flexible. We're kind of like, you know, we believe in like smart parts, kind of like the concept of making sure you're, you're mixing different things together and you're, uh, you're flexible. And that's really the only way in, in this world now. So appreciate the feedback. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, really interesting stuff you're building here. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us. And like 2160 said, you know, when you're further down the road, come back on um, and we can we can do a recap and see how things are going as well. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate it. One last thing before I run to take care of my little ones. I got three under five. Um, we are, nah, Hey man, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Mm, I got two and it's bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's all good, dude. Um, so basically, uh, we are actually looking to launch in about a month or two. We got a decent amount of wait lists. We actually have companies that are already wanting us to list for them as well. So yeah, I mean, if you want to subscribe to our, our newsletter, uh, online, you'll, you'll be able to see what we're up to. We don't spam people's email. If we got something important to send, we will send it. Um, otherwise, stay tuned and uh, watch us grow and, and develop. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I wish you guys uh, all the success in the world with uh, what you're doing here, uh, spreading education for everyone. And, you know, bottom up basically is uh, providing value for the community and growing it too in your own way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Bizflip.io. All right, man, I'm going to play us out. All right, let's go. You got any plans this weekend, Uh, We're going to do some boating. We're going to camp with the kids in the in-laws yard. Oh, I was going to say, this is like the worst weekend ever to like try to go camping somewhere. But the in-laws yard, that, that totally makes sense. I think, yeah, uh, my my wife, who is in the crowd on Twitter spaces, is... is uh, telling me we're going to the beach today, so I gotta hurry up and get out of here. All right, well, you make sure to put on some SPF, okay, bud? <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you. Have fun. Bye. Bye, everybody.